1: what's happening hopefully you hopefully you're doing good look we got breaking news and we need to talk about it um, we do need to talk about this we haven't broke uh, a few of the the signings that have been happening with the Niners and guys have been going after because uh, well you know they felt like maybe you know 90 man roster fill outs and things of that nature and while a lot of people might not know who Kimoko Tore is and it may be feeling like hey this is uh this is a nothing move this is a nothing sign this guy might not even make the roster i think that this gives Fans, I think it gives us a really, really great idea of what the Niners uh, think about, th- are thinking about potentially going into this draft. Um, so Kamoka Trey, let's let's talk about this first and foremost. It's going to be a one-year deal. Um, it's going to be a one-year deal. He's 26 years old. So this, again, another signing for the San Francisco 49ers, going after a guy who's 26. Uh, he's you know he's a younger kind of middle middle of the age in terms of his age, right? Mid 20 signing, who has shown a lot of flashes, a lot of promise a lot of potential um he was a former second round pick he was drafted in 2018 by the indianapolis colts he's been in indy ever since that rookie campaign in indy four sacks four sacks that first year in hitty with 13 quarterback hits uh then 2019 2020 a little drop in production he had some injury stuff he wasn't really available was only only played in 2019 and 2020. I think it was 11 games, 11 football games, uh, two and a half sacks in those 11 games. And then last season in 2021, plays 13 games, five and a half sacks registered, eight quarterbacks hit, hits, um, but dealing with an ankle injury at, there at the end of the season. So this is a very low risk signing for the San Francisco 49ers. This is low risk and a guy with a lot of upside, huge amounts of, of upside. I'm talking about a guy who has uh, in two seasons, the two seasons where he's played 13 or more games four or more sacks. Four much four more sacks so bombers asking know is this, is this edge rusher solid um it's this is a it's a risky bet because the guy has an injury an injury history um he, he's coming off of a, a lower ankle injury um from this past season so it is a it is a risky pickup but what this may signal uh, to a lot of people um what this may uh what this may be pointing out is that the San Francisco 49ers believe that maybe their d line is set. Um, look, this kid is is he's got the measurables. He's 6'5, he's 248 pounds. This isn't a slow man by any means. Um, you know, this is a this is a very deep, impactful rotational piece that maybe could fill a closer role if this guy can be healthy, if he can get some stuff done. But the Niners are signing a lot of D-linemen. And this is why I I thought, you know, we we should probably go live to talk about this. Are the Niners really gonna address edge rusher at 61? Are they even going to address edge rusher in this draft? I don't know. It's interesting. And a lot of people, you know, have said this is an outside linebacker. This is a linebacker signing. This is an edge rushing signing. This, this guy is going to transition and play in uh, on, the, on the inside there, on the, on the D-line. He's going to be playing edge rusher. Um, and Robert just said it. So no edge rusher in the draft? I'm guessing. Maybe not. Maybe no edge rusher in the draft. So may, maybe receiver. Maybe they're going to make a move on the receiver side. Is this the final nail in the coffin for D Ford? Uh, No, Ronnie, I don't think it's the final nail in the coffin for D Ford, but I think this is maybe signaling to D that he's going to have to show something, right? That they're not banking on D Ford being available. The Niners didn't make a lot of edge rushing moves last year, coming into the regular season, coming into training camp OTA. So it felt like, hey, we're going to get D Ford back. The Niners have made a bunch of DN signings. Willis is back, Charles Ameni, he was traded for. Right, Kamoko Teray now signed. Uh, you know that there there are a lot of Samson Ebby, Conn, brought in last free agency. There is a lot of guys who can fill that role. Carry Hyder brought back into the fold, which means it. You know, worst case scenario, at times you can throw him out there. You still have Eric Armstead on the roster who can flex between both on the interior and the exterior. Although I think all of us believe this is me. This means, you know, going offense at sixty one. Ask Donald. Yeah, I do. I think this officially means, you know, the the wide receiver position is basically. I think the focus of this offense. Maybe it's O-line, maybe the O-line is the focus, but it feels now that offensive attacking and addressing the offense at 61 or maybe even trading up at 61 to make sure you get an impact player at the wide receiver position uh or, or potentially uh, you know, maybe interior O-line, maybe cornerback, I'm not sure. I, I I think I think the guys that we have seen at the cornerback position uh I think guys like uh Guys like D- uh, Dylan Parham and, and things of that nature, I think those are going to be the, the, the most likely of options for the San Francisco, 49er to ad- San Francisco 49ers to address and go after said guys. Um, and I'm seeing there, for whatever reason, stream is uh, stream is kind of lagging behind. I apologize, TCC. I apologize if it is. Uh, dude, the heads are being ridiculous, uh, ridiculously driven. D4 is a hustler slash con man. Niners need to address that for real and stop playing around and address the O-line period, D-line and O-line. Well, they've addressed D-line, clown man. They they have addressed D line. They have definitely addressed the the, the defensive line. So if you're addressing D line the way that they have been uh, and doing the things that they've done, you don't think that they're going to be going this route with the D line. Um, I don't think they're going to be addressing edge rusher. Um, uh, You know, William Robertson, O line edge, cornerback or receiver. Uh, I think edge is off the table. I think edge is off the table. I think the Niners are looking at the O line and thinking that, you know, we want to get guys who can impact and do things right now uh, for this franchise and for this organization. So if that's what you're looking for, um, if you're looking for guys to do things right now for this franchise and this organization right now uh, for this football team, this doesn't feel like a situation where you're going to go uh, the route of edge rusher. It doesn't feel like you're going to go after an Arnold Epichetti. It doesn't feel like you're going to be going, going after a boy mafia. You're not going to be going after, um, you know, a Nick Benito potentially. It feels like the Niners are going to address O, whether that's O line, whether that's Dylan Parham, um, or whether that's a wide receiving option, you uh, know, an Alec Pierce, a John Mechie, trading up for a Christian Watson, uh, putting yourself into the category to to help your offense out a little bit. Um, you know, they haven't necessarily gone as aggressive at wide receiver in free agency, um, and maybe that's because they're planning to address it. They have gone heavy now with the D line. They've gone heavy with the D line, so I don't think a D line is going to even be addressed other than maybe a late-round flyer somewhere. Um, it really does feel that way. And Jimmy, Jimmo Guerrillo, I saw you said Lucas. Are you talking about uh, Chase Lucas at Arizona State? Is that who you're referring to? Because I like that. I do like Chase Lucas. Um, so let me know. Let me know who it is. Uh, we, are still, we are still getting an edge rusher to become a starter in this draft, said William Roberts. I don't, I don't know if that's true, dude. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. It feels now like the likelihood if you're going to go edge rusher, though, William, is it's going to be later. It's not going to be earlier. So maybe the gentleman Smith out of UAB is is something that they're looking at six seven guy with a lot of uh, upside potential, but has a lot of development to do. Maybe, but I mean the names you now have in this room at the DN position, right, at at the D line, how are they going to make the roster? How is anyone you're going to draft going to make the roster? Unless it's an impact guy, a big impact guy earlier than 61. Unless it's that, I, I just don't see how they're going to make the roster. If you're taking a guy in in the fourth fifth round at the edge rushing position. If, if, if Kamoko Ture stays healthy, if all of these other guys that, that, that are in San Francisco currently stay healthy and produce in this system, we've seen what Charles Amenehu can already do. We've seen what Jordan Willis can already do. We've seen what Kerry Hyder can already do. Kamoko Ture kind of fits into the mold of, of some of the guys that we've talked about already. We've seen what Samson Abicom developed into throughout the season. How is it a guy that we draft in the fourth or fifth round at the interesting position, how are they going to make this roster? How are they going to beat those guys? How Are they going to beat them out? I don't know. I don't know if they can. Um, this is why, for me and Ant, for both of us, it was it felt like you know if you're going to address edge rusher, you got to do it at 61. Because I don't know if the rest of them are going to. I don't know if these other guys in the draft that aren't you know top 80 guys at the edge, uh, top 80 guys in this draft at the edge rushing position are, are going to to make this roster. Uh, this guy is not a starter, not a speed rusher, Tommy. But this is a guy is depth. This is a guy who's shown uh, flashes and ability to get after the, the pass rusher and hit quarterbacks and get sacks. Five and a half this last season. Four as a rookie. Thirteen quarterback hits his rookie campaign. Um, his rookie campaign in the last season. The two seasons he's been healthy. The two seasons he's been healthy. So look, if, if the Niners are going this route and getting young guys, twenty six that were drafted high and have high upside and high potential, and um, think they can do something with it, maybe Tommy, this is not a thing that they're addressing. Um, and you know what you said. You know, I'm, I get you're saying no, it's not a speed rusher, but maybe they feel that Charles Mendenhe was that guy. Charles who was the guy that can roll into the closer role. If if Charles Mendenhe was the guy they believe can be the closer, you know, take over that D four to S role, then they may not be going edge rusher early. And when we're looking at a situation um, where wide receiver is is the pick, wide receiver is the route they decide to go. If you like what Alex and Ant do, uh, hit that like button. I, I do agree with you there, Donald. If you've been enjoying the streams, you've been enjoying the content we put out, you've been enjoying the war rooms that we've been doing, hit the like button right now. Subscribe if you haven't already. Um, you know, we're, we're grinding. We're grinding right now uh, to try and get to 3K by draft day. Um, and we got the 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 draft party April 29th at Back Alley Brew in, in Gull, California. So if you're in the NorCal area and you're just finding this channel, we would love to have you, uh, have you come out and, and hang out with us and you know, we're going to be streaming. Um, we're going to be watching the draft. Um, there's going to be 20 beers on tap, free entry. Uh, there's going to be Lumpia. There's going to be tacos. Uh, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff uh, out there at Back Alley Brew April 29th. So if you're just finding this channel, uh, you want to be able to come out and hang out with 49ers fans in the, in the NorCal area and hang out with us. Um, that's the place to be April 29th, day two of the NFL draft. Especially if you can't do something like, you know, head out to Vegas with with John Chapman. If you if you have the, the ability to do that, I would suggest doing that. It's going to be a lot of fun over there. The, what they're doing, some meet and greets with players as well um so look it's, it's going to be a blast it's we're going to have a good time uh the defense is what does this say here the defense is going to be scary deep said ronnie it is they've done a really good job of uh making this thing deep um i saw hr saying Parag bargain been hunting again um it, can he do anything else right now i mean do, you, do something with jimmy garoppolo you don't have a lot of cap space so it, it's going to be tough uh paul sanders saying hey my friends how you doing sir good to see you uh i got to see you guys we got to see you in the uh the aftermath, war room aftermath, last night for all our channel members and patrons, that was a lot of fun, man. We had a we had a good time there. It's always fun when the horse and Jay Hill are on. That's the first time we've had them on together. Um, we usually have them on individually, so getting to have them both on at the same time uh, was was fun. It was different. It was it was a blast. Uh, but no, you're you're not wrong, Ronnie. Uh, the defense is going to be scary deep, and I'm seeing uh, Sean said would Petrie uh, be available at 61. Uh, this is Alex, Sean. By the way, this is this is Alex. Probably resting up still from his long, long night of work. Um, but Petrie could be available at 61. Um, and with signings like this, with, with more defensive line signings, maybe this now, a guy like Jalen Petrie is more possible at 61 than I think Ant and I would have thought in the past, just because we thought there'd be a, a really talented edge rusher that I was go get, and they may not be looking to go this route. They just not might not be going to, to, to look at this route. They may feel like they have guys you know, on this roster already around this team that can just handle that role, that can fill that closer role, that D. Ford-esque role. And a lot of people said, you know, we want to get speed next to Bosa. Maybe the 49ers believe that Charles and he was that answer. We made that trade and they feel like, hey, this, this can be the guy. This can get it done. Uh, I'm literally just waking up, Alex. No worries, Sean. A-okay, my guy. A-okay. It's all good. Um, But no, some of the 13 D linemen could, could trade for 20 draft picks. Look, the Niners did this last year, right? They were loaded at the D line heading into training camp and teams were calling about players. They were calling about D linemen. They wanted to trade for our D linemen. And the Niners said, no, Mm -mm. none of these guys are for trade. We want, we're going to keep all of them. And they kept a lot of the impact guys. And they had some injury situations that allowed them to push and stash people in certain spots. and, not have to trade any of these pieces. Uh, I don't know if they want to trade any of these guys. I don't think they want to trade anything. Um, a lot of these guys are on one-year deals again, just like they did last year. They did it again this year, one-year deals. So they're looking for the formula and for the, the guys they want to hold on to long-term. Um, and Kimiko Ture has is going to have an opportunity to come in here with Chris Kisarek and a very talented defensive line and stacked D-line that that is that is already constituted and demonstrate that he has something here that that uh you know could be used to the 49ers' benefit, could be could be used in a, in a positive way and and make him a non-expendable piece for the future, or, you know, come in here, use San Francisco much like Arden Key did and then go out and get a big contract afterwards. Um, you know, this is something that a lot of young 26, you know, 25, 24 year old guys coming into the league who are coming off their first contract that maybe didn't produce or weren't as consistent with their original, you know, home, the original place they got drafted at. Where San Francisco can kind of be the the rebirth, rebirth island, as it may be Uh, for all of you Warzone fanatics out there who play Call of Duty, uh, right? Uh, This could be their their rebirth. This could be the place where they revitalize their career and then, you know, use this place, use San Francisco as a launch pad, or potentially this be their long-term home if it really works out. Uh, what's the DM's name? Uh, he wears 97 to Michigan. I think the guy's a monster. Would love to have that guy helping Bosa. Clownman says that you're talking about Aiden Hutchinson, who is not going to be available. He's going to be one of the top three picks of the draft. There's no way San Francisco can get up there. No way. Uh, maybe Ture can take the next step with the 49er stack defense. You're not wrong, 420 Savage. Alex, is Hyder going to be uh, Bosa's backup or play opposite of that? I don't think he's going to do either, Tommy. I think he's taking over the Arden key I think it's the guy that's going to occasionally come in and play some base, base rundowns as a D-end, but most of the time is going to be going in on pass rushing downs um, and sliding into the interior, uh, probably playing opposite of Armstead at times um, and rushing the passer. That's what that's what it feels like. Uh, let's see, Debo for Jets pick four and take Carl Uh Carl shouldn't go that high. He shouldn't go in the top four, though, HR. Carl is probably going to go, what, 9, 10, somewhere in there? Top eight, somewhere in there? Uh, I wouldn't trade four to, to draft Karla- Trade for four to tr- to take Karla- Karlaftis, and I definitely wouldn't trade Debo for pick four to take Karlaftis. Has anyone ever said you look like a young Mike Vrabel? Says Kittlecorn. Hey, listen, Kittlecorn, idiot. If you didn't know, I actually was at Vrabel's house. Totally was at Vrabel's house and not family's house in the Midwest. Totally was at Mike Vrabel's house and spent some time with him. So yeah, I have heard that. <laughs> I've I've definitely I've definitely heard that. So thank you, thank you, Kittlecorn. Uh, Since the D-line and and those pictures are up on the channel in the community section. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, Since the D-line looks like it's getting settled down, can you see them moving up in the draft for a wide receiver? A top wide receiver? I do, Ronnie. This now feels like the most likely scenario. It feels like wide receiver trading up. Everyone who's been talking about Christian Watson, this I think now comes back onto the table. Uh, I think the Christian Watson talk is going to pick up in a big way now uh, because this does feel like the Niners are maybe looking at a filling filling a position right now in the draft that they haven't necessarily addressed in free agency and they haven't really addressed wide receiver in free agency so two wide receivers in this draft is highly likely in fact Ant and i have stated as much we would love to, for them to draft two wide receivers in this draft i think all options are on the table now all options are on the table for wide receivers i think moving up to, to into the 40s is possible for a wide receiver maybe even higher if the niners are really in love with somebody um so we're going to see we're gonna see uh oh i know just a wild hypothetical driven dream said clown man i mean don't get me wrong it'd be great to have aiden hutchinson it really would it would be absolutely phenomenal uh but what you'd have to do to get there i don't know if the niners have that ability trade up for gosh darn christian watson said tommy Huxley. said it wasn't gosh darn uh hr no try again Debo gets three first two person first, three, three firsts, two twos and a second uh possibly Debo for four firsts. first i'm listening says Tavi. A third uh, th- wait three twos a first a second and a third oh my goodness my youtube's my youtube's slow it's okay 420 it's okay but do you think we can get high enough to get watson i don't know um i've told Ann. i i thought he'd go as high as i thought he could go as high as like 30 31 I-, I think uh the the kansas city Chiefs sitting there with pick 29 pick 30 Um, I could very easily see him going in that range. Them taking him when a pick. They wouldn't take him at 29 because you can just take him at 30. So I could see him going at 30. I also could see him going at 31 um, or 32. I mean, I know people have talked about, well, you know, the Lions, do they need a receiver? Eh, Yeah, they could use some receiver help. They could. Christian Watson at the back end of the first round is not a risk. It's not a risk. And you don't know what's going to happen day two of the draft and who's going to, if someone's going to move up at the start of the day to make sure they get the wide receiver that they want. So he, I mean, any, from any point from about 28 on from that draft, he can get taken. So if you're the Niners, um, you're not going to move up into day one. But if you want to move up into day two, you could get a guy like that. The problem is, I think you have to come up to like 35 in order to do it. Uh, I just don't know. 40 seems like the highest they could come up without having to give up too much. We'll see. Jets have four and 10 and two picks in the second set HR. Correct. But that's that's all you want. You want four picks this year in the draft for Debo? That's it?
2: Because I'd like like five picks. I would like like five. And ideally, like three ones. Four and ten this year would be great. Plus a first next year. And a second. Plus a third.
1: Like, I'm greedy. If we're, if we're trading Devo, give me everything. Give me three firsts. Give me a second. And, and give me a, a third as well. Give me all of it. Because then I can take that third and deal and come up as well into higher into the second round and like just stack up on 150 players. Um, yeah, I just I don't see that happening. HR, I just I just can't see it happening. Uh, don't you think this Debo situation is starting to snowball? No, Bomber. I think of the opposite is actually happening. Um, what Debo has come out now and said, you know, 25 million or doesn't want to talk. That's what Ann and I said. What he was going to get was 25 million. So he's now at the number that we said it was he was going to get. Right. The reports where he wanted the most money of any non quarterback in the league well that 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 changed quickly it went from he wants the most most money of known of any non-quarterback to 25 million and that's what we said the number like that would be the number ideally you want to get out for the Niners and if Debo came down to that number himself realistically then the number could come lower it's gonna be in the 20 to 25 million dollar range Probably more likely $22.5 million to $25. That's what you're looking at with Debo Samuel. $22.5 million per year to $25 million a year. It'll probably be a base salary around 21 maybe 20 for most of those years with escalators that get that thing up to, to $25. i am not worried about Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is going to get paid. Jimmy Ward said that the other day as well. A few days ago, he came out and said, yeah, he's going to get paid. The Niners get deals done around training camp. That's when it'll get done. Closer to then. So we'll see. Uh, jimmo Gar- garillo i like a bunch of wide receivers austin watson uh more mechie uh pierce uh, i love pierce as well um th- there is a-, a lot of wide receivers uh, in this draft class there's a lot of guys kyle phillips out of ucla as well Uh, fantastic guy late danny gray reggie roberson both guys are fantastic um listen I, I, people there's i'm not a big sky more guy but i understand the 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 enticing nature of Sky Moore as a, as a wide receiver. People really, really like some of the stuff he does. Khalil Shakir, Shakir out of Boise State, fantastic. Jahan Dotson has some, some wonderful things as well. Romeo Dobbs does some great things on film also. There was a lot of guys in this draft at the wide receiver position who have potentially high upside and, and could fit the Niners scheme. A lot. But is there a guy the Niners would be in love with? Um, Christian Watson is, is a guy that everyone keeps bringing up, and they might. They might really like him. Also, the 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 connection there with Trey Lance is beneficial. So I, I think this now becomes the most realistic option with the Kamiko Ture now on the roster in San Francisco. Wide receiver seems to be the position they're going to go. It really, truly does feel like it's the position they're going to go. Uh, Donald Jackson, Tommy Huxley, if I was in the draft, I'd be drafted by the Jets. I would refuse to go to the NFL. <laughs> it's insane, man. It's it's not necessarily a great spot. They have uh, consistently been picking near the bottom of the draft for for a while, or the top of the draft. Excuse me, for a while. Uh, Debo is great, but trade him has become a distraction. Make Jimmy G a part of the deal. Three first, two second round picks. No team is going to take on that. No team. Now maybe a team like Carolina would consider that. But how are you replacing Debo, Abel?
2: How are you replacing him? You're just not. You can't.
1: He just does too many things. I would much rather. I would much rather. uh, Keep Debo. Franchise tag him for two years. Then let him walk in free agency, get a compensatory pick back. Then trade him. Personal opinion. Just rather do that. I can get the compensatory pick back. uh, And most likely a first round compensatory pick back from a team once he walks in free agency. uh, Rather than deal him now. Franchise tag him two years and then let him walk. Better for your team. You have to utilize his skill sets right now. Now, if he comes out and says, you know, hey, I'm not playing on a franchise tag, well, then you had another situation. But right, I'd rather go that route first than just dealing him right off the get-go. That doesn't make a lot of sense. is going to get paid by the Niners. This is just part of the dance. Ronnie, I agree with you on that, 100%. With all the free agency moves, could the Niners, 49ers could do whatever at 61. You're not wrong, Olivia. Olivia, my bad. Olivia, uh, they can, they can do literally whatever they'd like. They don't have to draft. There's not a position that is necessary for them to draft. They can draft whatever, but it feels like wide receiver. It does feel like wideout is the best option. Now, Kyler Gordon is a name that always comes up. And the Kyler Gordon is a name that I really like. So is Kyler Gordon a possibility? A thousand percent. Yes. Kyler Gordon is a hundred percent an option for the 49ers. They could trade up from 61, get into the fifties and take themselves a corner. And is going to be very, very talented, very, very solid, and do a lot of different things. Um, but it doesn't feel like edge is the option anymore. It really doesn't. Um, you know, Ant thought Ant and I both thought this was very interesting when we heard the Niners were talking to Terray. And they brought him in, you know, workout interview, the whole shebang, like this is a guy they're interested in. It's like, hmm. Another potential DN who's in his middle, middle, mid-20s? A lot of upside, former second-round pick with a lot of potential. That Chris Casera can mold into whatever he'd like. Still got the whole offseason OTAs training camp to work with them. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if they're really considering DN, Dan. And it was like, it doesn't feel like it, but man, I, f- I feel like they should. I was like, I agree with you. I feel like they should too. The TN group is very talented, especially the top half of the board. Like, extremely talented. Like, come into day one and do stuff talented. Maybe the Niners disagree. Or maybe they just like the pieces they already have. And if that's the case, that's why they made this move. Get themselves in another young guy who can develop and maybe they could re-sign. And once they re-sign well then then you, you know you're you're in a good position but it's a one-year deal it's a proven deal for this guy it's low risk situation for san francisco details of said contract that have not come out yet other than it's a one-year a one-year deer deal uh newsflash if the matter is signing anyone right now with what with, with what over the cap is reporting which is 1.6 million in cap space then this is a very video very minuscule tiny deal um it's going to be the, the minimum probably 1.035 to 1.25 it puts them under the top 51 contracts. So Kamiko Ture under the top 51, which means it's not counting against the cap. Um, This is, this is a, a very team friendly deal and a prove it situation for Ture, who's betting on himself with a good team in San Francisco. Uh Let's see. Uh, never forget that Ice Cube knocked Debo the F out HR. You, you're right. He got knocked the F out, man. God, I love that movie. Friday is fantastic. Is it not? Is it not? It's a great movie. It really is. Uh, let's see. Uh, Debo picked will the perfect time to act out. We draft the wide receiver draft class is deep. said Jan Stewart, have you seen Marcus Jones against Alex Pierce One-on-one ends in play. I really like Marcus Jones. Jimmo Marcus Jones is a guy that we absolutely love. Um, and as much as I like Kyler Gordon, if the Niners decided to go wide receiver instead early, and then deal Marcus Jones a little bit later. Hey, okay with that. I think he could start right away. So there, there's that. I think he will sit out. If he doesn't get a contract with bomber T if his agent was smart, that's probably what happens, but We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We replace him with a late-round running back. Move up to get Trey's TMA from college. I think his name was Christian Watson. Uh, we replace him with a late-round running back. What running back? I, I have one running back who has Debo, a Debo-esque comp in this entire draft. One. Abel. And that's Kenneth Walker III out of Michigan State. He's the only one who gives Debo vibes on films in terms of how he runs with the football in his hand. Only one. You're not getting him late. You have to get him early. That's the problem. The problem is, is with the, the type of talent that Debo is, do you draft the Debo in the second round? Debo's play style you're not going to find later in the draft.
2: You're not going to find that. you find that at the top end of drafts because
1: it's, it's a top end skill set. It's a top end skill set. The vision, the speed in which he plays with, his ability to get to top speed quickly, the physicality with which he runs. Knows when to turn up field, when to try and bounce and make things happen, when to be shifty and when to just lower his shoulder and run through You're not going to find that late.
2: You're not. Elijah Mitchell was great
1: last year for the San Francisco 49ers. Elijah Mitchell didn't run the ball the way Debo Samuel did. Different. Raheem Mostert's don't grow on trees, right? The breakaway speed, it doesn't grow on trees. It's really hard to find someone who has the combination of vision and speed necessary to do the things that, that Debo has done and do the things that Raheem Mostert did. And even Debo did them different than Mostert. They're different types of runners. Um, but you're not going to get Debo Samuel type talent. Um, that can do the, t- the same things Debo did the way he did them late in this draft. It's going to take a couple of guys. You're going to have to replace Debo with a handful of guys, right? You have to hit on two or three guys to replace what Debo does as a, a guy in the short aspect of the field in terms of the screen game, what he does over the middle of the field, run up to, to catch ability, and then the ability with the football in his hands, running the ball. Like that's three guys you have to find to replace that because you're not going to find one guy who can do all of them. You're just not. That's what makes it so hard to want to move off a Debo because you need a multitude of picks and then you have to hit on all of those picks. If you don't hit on those picks, then you didn't replace Debo and you're going to falter and fail as a franchise. Uh, You can get Watson without trading Debo said Tommy. Um, Yeah, possibly. It depends on if he's going to go in the back end of the first, if you're the Niners, you're not making a, a trade on day one of the draft because if the receiver that you like goes at the back end of the first round and you've already traded up, you're sitting there with your right. You're sitting there with your hands in your pants. Like you got all excited and, Nothing's happening. You just don't want that. It's not not necessary. Uh, Niners have plenty of draft capital to trade to the late first or early second round to grab him. You're not going to trade into the the late first. You're just not going to do that. Because the teams that are there know what San Francisco needs. So if they're trading up to that spot, they know what they're going to get. They're going to ask for too much. Especially with all the talent that's there. You know, a team like Kansas City needs a wide receiver. They're not going to let San Francisco trade up for a wide out without having to give up another first round pick themselves. Like, they're just not going to do it. Why would you? Just take the wide receiver yourself and let him develop. How would you feel if we draft the edge at 61? Robert, confused. Confused if we draft the edge at 61. Confused, but also understanding that the Niners took the best available guy on the board. right? If they went edge at 61, then the guy they wanted wasn't there, um, and they took the best talent available. And now they have options. Uh, now a trade becomes more likely if you draft an edge with all the moves they've made. Niners lately have been patient in offseason and go berserk in the draft. I think Jimmy gets traded and Debo gets signed, says Nicholas. I think Debo's getting signed closer to training camp, uh, but and I have said the most likely scenario at this point in time for Jimmy Garoppolo is draft day or um, once he gets cleared from his physical. Once he clears his physical, those are the two most likely scenarios in which Jimmy could get traded. Those are the options there. Debo is irreplaceable. No player like him. Uh, A physical freak, said Tommy, and you are not wrong, Tommy. Watson fall the second round. You think, Alex, I think he can. I think, like I said, I think 28 is the is the spot where realistically he can start going where teams would be willing to, to draft him at that point of the draft. Um, so from any anywhere from 28 until when the Niners pick at 61 is an area or areas that he can go. The further you start getting away from 30, the less likely he's available. So as soon as you start getting to pick 30, 31, 32, you start to get into day two, 33, 34, 35. Like as soon as you start getting the further you get away from 30, the higher and higher the chances that he's gone. Um, so 34, 35, you might be able to come up and get him there. But I mean, keep in mind, I mean, I've, I've done some, I have done some mock drafts and you don't know what teams are going to value. But in order to get up to that spot, uh, I've had to trade away pick 61 and two third round compens- uh, two third round picks. Uh, in order to get there um so i mean you can do it it's gonna it's gonna cost you some capital to move up 30 spots um but you might be able to get away with that you might be able to get away with trading pick 61 and two third round two third round picks and if you know in the niners have known that they're gonna they're gonna continue to have coaches signed away so if you're gonna keep getting those third round compensatory picks back then giving up two third round picks knowing that you got two eventual third round pick compensatory picks coming down the pipeline might not be the end of the world and maybe you do it maybe you make the move at that point Will Watson fall to the second round, you think, Alex? Uh, oh, no, you already said that. My apologies, Tommy. Uh, how do you feel about the offensive line, said Robert Cisneros? Look, I think the O-line is interesting. I think I think you have a, a situation where there's question marks across the board in terms of, you know, who is your left guard? Do you feel comfortable with Banks' development? Do we like where Jalen Moore is? Um, you know, is Colton McKivitz ready to, to elevate and show that he was worth the, the selection the Niners made? Um is Daniel Brunskill the long-term option or just another short-term, one-year sort of extension sort of option for the 49ers? I think there's questions there. Mike McGlinchey's health, obviously a question. Now, all the stuff came out yesterday with Mike McGlinchey, and we're going to talk about that later tonight with our live Q&A at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, I think there's question marks, but I don't have, like, I guess, gaping major concerns. It's more of just questions, right? Um, what's the plan with Daniel Brunskill? Are you planning for him to start? Are you planning for him to be a plug-in play piece? Um, is this just a short-term bandage thing with Daniel Brunskill until you find a better option, or are one of these other guys that you draft that develops? Um, you know, what is the deal with McGlinchy's health? Can he be the guy we we think he can be, and that he needs to be, especially if he's going to be you know get paid ten point eight million dollars? Those are all questions. Um, but look, here's what I see. I, I've seen the Niners number one, have an incredibly, have a great success running the football with Daniel Brunskill on the field. I've seen Daniel Brunskill own one of the best interior defensive linemen in league history in, in Aaron Donald. Every time he faces him, uh, I've seen Mike McGlinchey dominate in the run game consistently time and time again, he's a monster. He's a monster in the run game. So I've seen him have success in the run game. Um, I have seen him struggle in pass, pro. He's much better when you can run set football. Um, we all know what trent williams is we all know what alex mack is and the, the big question mark is just is aaron banks that guy is Colt mckivitz can one of them be that guy at the left guard spot horst is uh, a guy we've had on the show and 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 horst is you know a guy we've that has been a part of the cutback since its inception um and we had a, a members only live stream uh, i think it was earlier this week if i'm not mistaken my days are so mixed in together, but Horst said that he believes Colton McKivitz is the guy that they think is going to be sliding in starting at left guard. He doesn't think it's going to be Aaron Banks. He doesn't think it's going to be uh, Jalen Moore. He thinks it's going to be Colton McKivitz, because Colton McKivitz was the guy they turned to in week 18 to play at the left tackle spot next to Lincoln Tomlinson. So w- we saw Colton McKivitz get moved into left guard in training camp last year. He thinks the 49ers feel very comfortable putting Colton McKivitz next to Trent Williams in between Alex Mack, just slot them in right there and just saying, Hey, you can get it done this year. And we'll see if this is a long-term option here. So if the Niners truly do feel that way, then the O-line isn't as, as bad as everyone's saying it is, or isn't as big of a question mark as, as they say it is. Um, but here's the thing, right? The Niners have gone into every season taking risks. Every season, they have gone into the, the, the start of the year with a risk position, a position that has been a little bit on the 2019, it was receiver, Right, it was like we got this guy that the, the the Debo Samuel who we just drafted who doesn't run great routes. You have uh, Kendrick Bourne and uh, George, that that's that's what you have. That's your receiving core. And then you trade it for Emmanuel Sanders, and everyone felt a little bit better about it. But it was question marks, right? Twenty twenty, uh, I think I think it was a, a PFF and a couple other sites ranked the forty nineers wide receiving core as one of the worst in the league. Um, and and. Your quarterback got injured, but it, 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 sh- it showed like it, there were, there were some, some flashes there, some potential. 2021, uh, there were questions about the receiving room, and, and well, and actually, no no question about the receiving room, but there were questions about the DB room, excuse me, your cornerback play. Um, you took chances there at the cornerback spot. Uh, people also didn't like the safety room either, weren't big fans of Jacqueline Tart, and they weren't necessarily in love with Jimmy Ward. So there's always been question marks with the 49ers, and they've continually, uh, they've continually adjusted how they build their roster. The the question now is is, you know, will this bite him in the butt? Because people feel like the cornerback position bit him in the butt last year in the NFC Championship game. I don't know if that's necessarily all of it, and it definitely wasn't necessarily the greatest performance from some of our cornerbacks. But maybe. But they're willing to take risks right now. You have questions at the safety position. You have questions at the at the uh, nickel corner spots specifically. Um, And you have questions with the O-line, and all of those questions are valid, every single one of them. But how are they going to address it? Because they can fill all of those needs in the draft if they wanted to. The problem is you may not take the best available player in order to do that. In order to fill the interior O-line spot wherever they decide to fill it, at 61, at 90, whatever, at 105, you may not be taking the best available player, you may be just filling a need. And sometimes filling needs doesn't always pay off in the draft. Sometimes just drafting for need doesn't necessarily handle or, or resolve issues. Sometimes it's about taking the best available talent and then figuring out the rest in free agency or with, by trading. And the Niners have shown they, they will be aggressive on, on draft day, and they will make trades and move, move things around. Horse the Handsome, said Tommy Huxley. You are correct there, my guy. Horse the Handsome indeed. Uh, the Niners just need to fit, uh, hit a couple of big draft picks. It's going to be hard to crack the fifty-three man roster. Ronnie, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. You really aren't. Um, you you have to. You have to be able to to fill fill needs and, and hit because you're not going to have a lot of available roster spot with this with this team. These guys have to improve the roster, the guys you're drafting. If they're not going to, they're either getting put on the practice squad or if they were drafted high enough. They ain't making the team like they're, they're going to get cut. They're going to get try to snuck onto the practice ro- the practice squad. And someone else is going to scoop them up. So you have to you have to improve. Uh, Abel here. What's Watson's film is fairly impressive. A kick returns uh end arounds, etc. He's a big, heavy wide receiver, too. He also could bring some familiar to Trey and settle his nerves. He might. He might settle his nerves. I don't know if it necessarily settles his nerves so much as you know, give him confidence when he throw when throwing to him, right? Like, I don't know if I necessarily should throw this issue, throw this ball here. I don't necessarily have the look I want, but I trust him. So, if I'm gonna take a 50 50 shot, I'll, I'll take it with a guy I'm familiar with or that I have a good repertoire with. So, I mean, that's that's possible, that is definitely possible. Um, with, with Christian Watson, Christian Watson does a lot of great things. Well, the vision he has of the ball in his hand, both, um. You know, on end arounds, jet sweeps, coming out of the backfield as a running back um, and, you know, playing middle of the field, run right after the catch ability when he catches the football on short intermediate routes and things of that nature. It's there. Um, big question is route running, route running with me in the route trees is, is, has always been the biggest question. It isn't speed? It's not physicality. I don't feel like he gets bullied. I think he's got big, big, uh, big size. And I think he could add to his frame as well to to make him an even an, for more formidable player. Uh, blocking on the outside perimeter and um, middle of the field kind of option for the San Francisco 49ers. It's always been route running, but here's the thing. That was also one of my biggest concerns with Debo Samuel coming out. Kyle Shanahan kind of erases route running needs. I think he loves guys who run, who run, he likes guys who he will, excuse me. He loves guys who run great routes because he can do a lot of different things with them as a wide receiver in a system. See Brandon. Ayuk. Right, the, the amount of situations he puts Brandon Ayuk in in goal line, red zone, short, intermediate stuff where they need a little bit of distance that doesn't require Brandon Ayuk to run a fade route. Right, like most most receivers who aren't great route runners in the goal line, it's just fades. That's what they run. They run fades because they're big bodies or they got speed or whatever. They can create enough separation. They just, they just run a little fade route and it's it's all good. Problem solved. Right. What was the last time you saw Brandon Ayuk run a fade route in the goal line? They'll put Brandon Ayuk out there to run fade routes at the goal line, because Brandon Ayuk is a talented route runner. You can call pretty much anything you need to, and he'll get himself open in the goal line. So I think Kyle Shanahan loves guys like that because it allows him flexibility to call whatever he'd likes, whatever he'd like to call in the red zone. Um, but you don't need it. You don't need it. And if you can add Christian Watson into the mix with a team like this. Now you have the ability to isolate one side of the field with, the, with a big body like Christian Watson, put him in one-on-one situations, or stack someone like him and George Kittle on the same side of the field where you got two big-body guys against two smaller defenders and figure out where the mismatch is and then attack it. So there's a lot of things. A lot of things Niners can do with, with a guy like this. So I'm, I'm excited to see how they address it. The problem is, is it's going to be hard because Christian Watson um, is a talent that a lot of people are aware of now. A lot of people know who christian watson is and i don't blame them for knowing who it is i, I wish they wouldn't but i don't blame them not at all now better do everything they can to get past the rams man said tony martinez agreed they got past them twice though they got past them twice in the regular season including a game in which they had to win to get in and the rams are doing everything they possibly could to make sure the Niners didn't get in the playoffs because they didn't want to see him again he came up three points short in the nfc championship game three points One player can make a difference. Also, just one play can make a difference. And the Rams did get weaker. Let's not forget that the Rams are not as strong a football team as they were last year. Uh, They have have weakened. Uh, I bet the Packers uh, pick him at 27, said Tommy Huxley. You wouldn't be wrong, Tommy. You would not be wrong. Going interior O line or DB safety with 61, said Frank. I don't know, Frank. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one of my favorite safeties in this draft, and I'm so glad he Aunt gave him a star because when Ant and I are when Aunt and I find someone that, like and not someone that he like he's told me about, when we both find somebody that we really like and then come together to have like a conversation about it or come on with you guys to have a conversation about it, and like I, I bring him up and mention him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, star player for me or oh yeah this." it's like, okay, we both saw pretty much the same thing. Um, and Marquis Bill at Florida A&M is a guy that he starred in our safety talk, talk that I talked to, that we talked about um and is probably one of my favorite was one of my he was definitely my favorite watch of the safety positions. It was my def- definitely my favorite watch at the safety spot. Um very uh, underappreciated talent who's going to be going around that 150 range. So he's a top 150 player in the draft um and would be a great option for the 49ers. Don't know if he comes in and necessarily starts but I think his potential is through the roof. Um potential is, is sky high for a guy like that marquise bell out of florida AM. so I, I don't know if 61 is the option there frank i don't because i think there are guys later at those positions that they could grab and get and they feel really really good with with them sitting in the system and developing and the george odom side doesn't necessarily feel so much like a special team signing anymore because they didn't just turn around and sign george odom and then you know a month later signed Quiskey tart they still haven't paid him they still haven't signed him I got four guys in the locker room already. I I don't know. I feel like the Niners could do better in free agency. Overpay Armstead, Jimmy G, D Ford. Those three contracts can go. Armstead next season should be traded. Said four twenty Savage. Um, I don't think next season is the is the situation or season where he gets traded. I think it would be the year after that potentially. But I don't know. The, the move to the interior is uh, everything it needed to be for Eric Armstead. Moving him on the interior there and and playing him in that spot and the way he played it this last season. If he dupl- duplicates and replicates that again. He's not expendable. You can't. You can't move off of it. Unless you can find somebody else, or unless Javon Kinlaw elevates to a level we haven't seen. And as of right now, there's a lot of things with, with uh, Javon Kinlaw we haven't seen yet. There's a lot of question marks. Um, right now, Bosa and Armstead are the two stabilizing forces on the D-line. You're going to keep those guys here as long as you possibly can. And you're going to try and find guys to play opposite of them. That's what you're going to try and do. They're hoping Kinlaw can be the opposite uh, on the opposite side of Armstead and elevate and step up. And they're hoping guys like Samson Ebukam, uh, Charles Amentaheum, Jordan Willis can continue to develop, and Kerry Hyder can rotate in and, and do the things he needs to do. Um, you know, Armstead has always been a guy who's been extremely underappreciated for the things that he's done in San Francisco. Extremely underappreciated. Um, talk about a guy who sacrificed in twenty twenty, played out of position for an entire season because of the amount of injuries that we had stacked up. Played on the outside the entirety of the, of the year, even though you know his skill sets translate better to the inside on certain situations. Just played on the outside the whole year. Didn't complain, didn't say anything. Uh, just worked, grinded, did what, he, did what he needed to do for the team, and his numbers suffered because of it. And then he took unnecessary flack from the fan base because they don't understand his role in the, off, in the, in the defense. Excuse me, not the offense, but the defense. He's not a traditional uh, outside edge rusher who's supposed to be getting after the quarterback from that spot. He was a base 4-3 edge rusher whose job was to play against the run, set the edge, force things to the interior, right? And then on pass downs, move on the inside, and that's where he'd have his biggest impact. Because of his first step, his arm over move, his rip, all that from the inside. He's just too explosive on the interior with his length and everything else. Didn't happen. A Bozo over Armstead, Armstead is replaceable. Well, I mean... I think they'd like to think that that Armstead is replaceable. I think they would like to think that. I think ideally, you would love for every but person on your team to be expendable and replaceable. But right now, he's not. Right now, Armstead is not. They haven't drafted a guy that can that can replace him. Um, and there currently isn't a guy in this draft coming out that can replace him. I can tell you that right now, from the guys I've watched on the interior for the D line. Um, no, not yet. Not anyway. The one player in the draft that, in my honest opinion, will contribute immediately is Marcus Jones, regardless of ranking. I think he will play 50 to 70% of starting snaps on defense in the nickel. Um, look, I think that's possible. I, I, I love Marcus Jones, Frank. Absolutely love me some Marcus Jones. Uh, Armstead, $10 a year, not 17 or $20 million a year. Well, you pay him what he's worth at the time. The Niners didn't pay him that contract someone else was going to. Someone else was going to. Buckner was going to be more expensive, and we we see that from from his contract in in Indianapolis. His contract he, he costs more money. Um, you weren't going to be able to pay both of them. You just you weren't going to be able to do that. Um, you had Bosa that you know down the road that you're going to have to pay for. You had Fred Warner that was coming up. You had George Kittle was coming up. You can't pay all these guys. On top of Jimmy Grumple, you can't pay it. You couldn't do it. Just you got to make choices, right? Armstead was a slightly cheaper option that was coming off his best year that they felt there was still something there that they could do with. Um, and Buckner they loved, but. He had a tough choice to make. They went the cheaper route of the two.
2: Everyone, everyone upset about Armstead. I mean, Buckner was going to make more. Right? We'd be in the same boat we're in now, if not worse. I don't know.
1: I don't know. They weren't going to be able to pay both guys. Niners did what they had to do at the time. Um, tough decisions have to get made. That's why I don't, I don't necessarily envy not being in the front office. I don't necessarily envy sitting here at home doing this with you. Because if I'm wrong, then I'm just wrong, and there's no repercussions for the franchise or the fan base, right? It's just all of the smoke coming my way, which is a-okay. I'm fine with that. I can I can handle smoke, right? You just get underneath it, you crawl under the smoke, all right? You you pop every once in a minute, like I deserve all the smoke, and then you just keep going, all right? Sliding underneath it. you the front office. It's your job, 100 percent your job. Oh, crazy. Oh, absolutely crazy. But look, Kamiko Teray now a San Francisco 49er, a guy with a lot of upside. Uh, four sacks in his rookie campaign in 2018, Uh, five and a half sacks this past season before the ankle injury, one-year deal, uh, low-risk, high-reward situation for San Francisco, Um, and maybe signaling that the Niners are not looking at edge rusher in this draft. And now all the Christian Watson hype can come back. As the Niners are now getting ready, right? They're going to be going after a wide receiver. They're going to be going after a top guy. I don't understand the hate on Armstead. Dude has been getting better every year and is a beast. Robert, um... I, I love me some Eric Armstead. I'm biased, 420 Savage. I apologize. I, I love me some Eric Armstead. Do I love Eric Armstead more than Nick Bosa in terms of like what they do on the field? No. Nick Bosa is one of the best players in the league at his position, oh, yeah. if not just one of the best players in the league, period. Uh, and Jag with the $5 super tat, chat. Hey, TCC, when Lynch told us that we had money put away for Bosa and Debo, weren't they aware that they would ask for top money? Bosa will be more money. You're right. He did. They did. Ant and I said this. The number was always going to be about $25 million for Debo Samuel. Looks like it's going to be $25 million for Debo Samuel. He's come out and said as much. Uh, the Niners going this route with Kamiko Torre means that, I don't know if they plan on spending uh, money on a, on, a, on a free agent here in the draft. They may be saving that up for Bosa for now. We're going to see. We're going to see. Is it normal for a skilled wide receiver on teams to do what Debo is doing? I don't know what Debo's doing, though, David. What do you mean, David? What is Debo doing? What is he doing? What is he doing that you're upset about? Because I don't know what it is. Because everyone is gleaming that Debo has done or said something on social media. But the last time I checked, he hasn't really said anything. He hasn't said anything. And taking pictures down doesn't mean anything. Right, like... What happened with Kyler Murray? Like, Kyler Murray took his pictures down and then said something, right? He took his pictures down and then said something, and then when contract negotiations started, then he put his pictures back up. Debo hasn't said anything. He hasn't been like, you know, I'm unhappy with it. Like he, he's just saying, I I want 25 million a year. I don't know. He wasn't following them on Twitter, David. That report was overblown. So he was actually never following, I think it was Instagram is what it was. He was never following the 49ers on Instagram. And then it got reported that he had unfollowed them on Instagram. And then they got corrected. Oh, uh, actually he was never following. And then once all that happened, then it snowballed. Then it snowballed. Then he took down his profile picture. Then he started removing other things. I think it was specifically a troll, right? It's like, oh, you want something to talk about? 49ers beat writers. Oh, talking heads. You, you want something to talk about? Here you go. Here's something to talk about. Uh, now I'll unfollow on Twitter. Now I'll do this. Now I'll do... I think Devo wants to get away from being associated with San Francisco on social media. What have we heard from Devo Samuel consistently? These are some dumb questions in press conferences. You know, not everything that I post about on social media has to do with the team I'm playing for. I think he is sick and tired of people taking everything that he tweets and correlating it to something with the football team he plays for with the sport he plays for like that's for him these are not he doesn't come on twitter to talk about football with people like that's not what he's on twitter for that's not what he's doing it for instagram social it's not it's not for that he, he ain't doing it for that especially in the offseason charles and many of you the other day tweeted tweeted something about about the university of texas and guys in the locker room come out and saying things about teammate and he said you know hey you're going to talk, talk to your teammates about something. Do it in the locker room. Don't do it on social media. And 49ers Twitter immediately was like, oh, who was he talking about in San Francisco? And he had to put out a clarification tweet. I'm not talking about my current team. I'm talking about my past, like my college, University of Texas,
2: things that are going on there. And then George tweeted
1: out, a, George Kittle tweeted out a, a loving, oh, thanks for clarifying, because they all knew it wasn't had nothing to do with San Francisco. It had everything to do with that. This is what pe- people are looking for things to talk about right now. People are bored. People are bored. 49 ers Twitter is bored. Beat writers are bored. The only people here who are not are right here at the TCC and us in the 49ers Cutback. we're not bored because we know what we want to talk about. We have a great understanding of what's going on and are very excited about all the do do different things that we're doing for you all in chat um, for all of our Cutback crew members across the globe a- and for ourselves as well. The things that we're doing with the show. We're not bored. That's well, we haven't talked about the Charles M situation because there's no situation. But people are going out of their way to find
2: things to talk about. Out of their way. I think
1: Debo's sick of it. I think he's trolling back. I think Debo's having fun with it now. It's like, oh, everything's a story? Well, here, let me give you an actual... Here's an actual story. Let me delete all my pictures on uh, social media. <laughs> Got a lot of trollers around here. There's a lot of trollers everywhere, Travis. You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Devo just had his mine, uh, wine-warped by marketing schemes by his agent put the table on for him. Maybe. Maybe. The whole unfollowing Twitter. Oh, yeah, I saw that already. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there. Uh, see, but it wasn't just Armstead for Buckner. Uh, it was keeping three players. Uh, vice one, Frank, you were correct. That's what I mean. is right. They saved the money by going the Armstead route than the Buckner route, and that allowed them to bring back Jimmy Ward and, and a handful of other guys. So the Niners have always, I mean... The cliche, right? They've done what's best for business. Gonna do what's best for business. That's what they've been doing. Um, it's not easy. It's not an easy choice to make, and you're you're always gonna piss somebody off. I really like Danny Gray uh, a bit later in the draft. Said Sean. I agreed. Agreed. 100% agreed. Buckner said he would have negotiated the contract to lower to stay in San Francisco. Jan, that's correct, but it still wouldn't have been lower than Armstead's number.
2: It wouldn't have been lower than Armstead's number. Buckner had shown more over a longer period of time.
1: And it's one thing to say it, it's another thing for it to get done. Here's what I'll tell you. If the Niners truly believed that Buckner was going to lower the number around what it needed to be, around the the Armstead number, if he was going to take Armstead-like money, then the Niners would have kept Buckner and they probably would have traded Armstead. But they didn't think, honestly, he was going to take that kind of money. And they also could get a first-round pick for Buckner where they couldn't get that for Eric Armstead at the time. There it is. There it is. Travis Matthew is a Matthew is a uh, he's a Jets fan. So of course he wants Debo Samuel to be traded to the Jets. That's why he's saying it, to Travis. He ain't trolling. He really wants Debo Samuel with the New York Jets. That's what he wants. I feel bad for Lance. Not improving the offensive line is risky. See RG3 under Shanahan. Um, true, the only difference was RG3 had a knee history problem when he got drafted. And, uh, you know, his knee was essentially held together with... He had a really shoddy ACL surgery, RG3 did, when he was at Baylor. The ACL surgery he had at Baylor was, was shoddy at best. Um, it was shoddy at best. When, when the damage actually got done, there was a... Th- I remember a report that came out that said it seemed like his ACL was held together with chewing gum and paper clips. So it was hanging by a thread when he was in Washington. Uh, d is our offense, hate to say it, but it's true. Last year, he carried us. Ah, He's he's the identity, offensively. He is the identity. Offensive line, 49ers, first pick. We'll see 420 Savage. What round do you think we go center, interior, O-line? I like Alec Lindstrom, and that means it could be anywhere. Could be from that pick 90, pick 105 range, all the way down to like 140. Uh, 134, excuse me, somewhere in there. I think all of those are options. There's a lot of good offensive line prospects. A lot of good offensive line prospects. If the Niners go uh, wide receiver early and Marcus Jones at 93, then you could see O-line at 105. You could. You could. Let's not keep, let's not forget that they, they drafted two offensive linemen last year, Colton McKibbitts and Justin Skule coming back into the fold with this team. Niners may not feel the same way the fan base does about O-line. They may not. They just, they just might not. Look, TCC, I'm going to wrap this thing up right now. We have a live Q&A tonight. 4 30 p.m pacific time uh that's going to be a wonderful 7 30 p.m pacific time for all you east coast folks uh right back here on the 49ers cutback we're going to be taking q a from you talking more about the kamoko toray signing as well as the impact that it may have and every other thing that is san francisco 49ers news we'll be taking all of your questions live throughout the whole night uh matthew Smith asked about trey sermon you want to find out more about trey sermon Come over to the live Q&A tonight. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to have a lot of fun, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Make sure you're subscribed if you have not already. And, uh, look, it, we've been having a blast around here. We have another uh, we have another wonderful 49ers War Room coming to you next Monday. Um, it's looking like it's going to be 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, but we'll, we'll see. We're going to finalize the details. We'll get that out to you as soon as we possibly can. You won't want to miss the live Q&A tonight. I'll catch you for that TCC in the Cutback Crew. A lot of fun chatting with you. A lot of fun talking about this. Uh, Kamiko terre now a San Francisco 49er on a one-year deal. The Niners add another depth edge pass rusher here for the for the San Francisco 49ers. Another guy at the DM spot who can slide it in and compete, do some things, be plug and play piece for this for this uh, 49ers front. Will the Niners address D line? Will they address edge edge or are they going to go a different route now? And wide receiver is now where the sights are set. Right, they're they're focused in on getting Trey Lance some more weapons or potentially getting him some protection. We're going to find out. We'll see. I'll catch you all later tonight, and until that time, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.